Hello, welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. Thanks for joining me. Hey, so by popular request, my podcast is now available on Google Play. So all you Android users, including myself, you can now just go to notjustpaleo.com slash Google on your phone, and that will automatically pull up my podcast in the Google Play music app that you likely have installed on your phone as a default. So in today's episode, in case you don't make it to the end, I'm now a dealer for the Berkey Water System, and you can check out the pricing info for that on my store, as well as my Calm Clarity Magnesium Supplement we talk about today. So here's the show. Hey, Evan, it's Dr. J. It's a marvelous Monday here. How's it going over in Louisville? Hey, it's great this morning, man. I've been watching Cardinals, actually, all morning fly around. It's Spring is in full bloom, so I'm happy. That's great. Your mic's sounding really good today. Good. Love it. All right, well, let's dig in today. We talked about pre-show. We wanted to dive into the issue of magnesium. So I'll let you uh, open it up here. Yeah, so magnesium, everyone hears about it. A lot of people likely supplement with some form of magnesium, and we're going to kind of break those down. But by some estimates, up to 80% of Americans or more are magnesium deficient. And so there's a real uh, awesome lady that you and I probably need to get on our podcast, which is uh, Dr. Carolyn Dean, a medical doctor who wrote the book, The Magnesium Miracle. And I think a new version of it came out in 2014, but long story short, I'm just going to read off some of the top 22 symptoms or conditions that can affect or be affected by magnesium. So this is anxiety, panic attacks, asthma, blood clots, bowel diseases, cystitis, depression, detox, diabetes, fatigue, heart disease, hypertension, hypoglycemia, which my blood sugar is a lot better now that I have more magnesium insomnia, kidney disease. I've read about kidney disease being because if you're deficient in magnesium, now calcium is going to be able to take root in your kidneys and you're at more risk of kidney stones if you don't have enough magnesium. you got liver disease, migraines, fibromyalgia, cramps, back pain, nerve problems, PMS, infertility, osteoporosis, tooth decay, on and on. So, I mean, we could probably list a thousand things here together, but the truth is even some of the early signs of magnesium deficiency are things to look out for. So this is like the numbness, tingling, muscle cramps, personality changes, heart rhythms, sometimes heart palpitations, things like that. So when you're under excess stress, which is probably the lens that we're coming at this, and soil depletion, it's sort of a double whammy for being deficient. You're burning through your mineral stores when you are in a state of chronic stress, which I'd say 90% of our patients had some level of chronic stress that led to their issues. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, a lot of people here, number one, if you're eating excess carbohydrate or excess refined sugar, what's actually going to happen is you're going to be burning through your magnesium to help metabolize um, your sugar. So your body has to then take that sugar and run it through glycolysis, and uh, which basically is breaking down the sugar for energy, and then it shoots it into the Krebs cycle where your body spits out FADH and, and um, NADH, which then takes the hydrogens from that whole electron. So it takes the hydrogens from the uh, Krebs cycle and throws them into the electron transport chain where it generates more ATP for fuel. So if we just kind of back up, right, we have glycolysis is part one where we take that sugar and break it down. Then we shoot it into the citric acid cycle, aka the Krebs cycle, 
And part of what is happening there is our body has to use magnesium and breaks down requires magnesium to help generate energy from that sugar. So the problem is if we're eating a whole bunch of refined sugar, what we're not getting in is nutrients. And magnesium is one of those nutrients that we're not getting in. So we're actually robbing Peter to pay Paul. We have to then use up more magnesium to then generate and break down energy from that glucose and or sugar that's coming in. So eating lots of refined sugar and carbohydrate, especially if it's not from a whole food organic source, is going to require more magnesium for us to use than what's actually coming in. So we start going into magnesium or nutrient debt. Yeah. So for me, I mean, a lot of my mood instability in my past and my blood sugar crashes and all of that, it's not to say that the adrenals weren't important. But getting more magnesium, which is why I talk about flotation tanks all the time and how helpful they've been, just getting in more magnesium has been really helpful. Now, a lot of people, they're just going to go do magnesium citrate, like the natural calm, which you and I both enjoy. However, that's just one piece of the puzzle, and that's only one form of magnesium. So maybe do you want to talk about those together, like the different types of forms and how you know, like magnesium oxide, which you're going to get at Walgreens or your typical yeah. crappy supplement store, it's, it's about a 4% absorption rate, which research is looking at. So, I mean, if you're taking 400 milligrams thinking you're doing good, you're getting just a tiny, tiny fraction of that. Absolutely. So first off, just to kind of wrap everyone's head around this situation, right? Imagine you walk into this bank. The bank's called the Magnesium Bank. Now, to make a deposit in this bank, Imagine it requires $2 of deposit. Like imagine is a $2 fee to make a deposit. So if you go into that bank and you're not depositing $3 or more, you're actually losing magnesium, right? So most people are imagine we have this $2 initial fee just to make a deposit. Most people are making $0 deposits, if not $1 deposits. So every time they go into that bank, it's actually costing them more magnesium. Uh, than they're actually putting in the bank. Does that make sense, Evan? Yeah, that's a great analogy. So kind of wrap the head around that. Now, you mentioned some of the different types of magnesium. So there's like magnesium oxide, which is like your conventional table chalk. So most people, we look at their supplements, we see magnesium oxide in there, and we'll say, hey, you know, it's some expensive uh, chalk that you're buying there. And then uh, number two, typically if they're doing magnesium oxide, we want to know what the reason is. A lot of people are taking magnesium oxide because it's cheap, number one, and some doctors will recommend it because of the laxative effects that it has. So it may not be a bad thing if you are using it for a laxative effect. I typically will use magnesium citrate for a laxative effect because it is better absorbed. So I do like that part. Um, and many people are getting it like in their magnesium powders or like their typical natural calm, their, that like powder magnesium. We'll typically use that for a laxative effect. So we have magnesium oxides, kind of the low end on the totem pole. Citrate's one step above. And then depending on the next steps, we'll either go with a magnesium malate because malic acid kind of enters the Krebs cycle. So that kind of magnesium can have a an effect with the Krebs cycle, which can be nice, and it's very well absorbed. And same with magnesium uh, glycinate. So we'll use magnesium malate or magnesium glycinate. The only issue is because they're bound to like either malic acid or or a amino acid glycine. It's so well absorbed because it's so well absorbed, it tends to not create the same laxative effect that magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide has. So we'll use magnesium malate and glycinate to have that sedative kind of absorptive nutritional repletive effect where we'll use the citrate more for a laxative effect. 
That's great. Yeah, so what do you say you use more? Do you use malate more or glycinate? That's always kind of the debate. I hear a lot of people using glycinate these days when they enter that on their, their intake forms. Yeah, my magnesium supreme that I am using currently is a magnesium uh, malate blend. So I'm doing that more. Both are really good. I don't think I don't think you can go wrong with a glycinate or a malate. Both are very well absorbed and they're amino acid chelated. So they're bound to an amino acid, whether it's a malic acid or a, a molecule of glycine. Both are going to be very well absorbed. So I think either way, you can't go wrong with those two just for helping to enhance magnesium. The next one we have is the magnesium 3 and 8, which I know you have in your supplement line, Evan, which is great because that's one of these amino acid chelates that actually is bound to uh, 3 and 8, which actually can cross the blood-brain barrier. So that can help with extra bits of anxiety and it can help with brain inflammation. I find you can still get very good effects with the glycine and the malate as well, but the 3 and 8 is very good too. Yeah, the so a story about that is I had a female last week that I was working with who had severe anxiety issues. She was on Ativan, the prescription anxiety drug, and within a week of starting the magnesium thevernate, she was able to completely stop the anxiety medication and she went from having panic attacks per day to having no panic attacks at all. And I was honestly surprised. I, I did not think it would be that profound, just magnesium. I mean, usually we're thinking, you know, passion flower or chamomile or theanine or some of these other botanicals. Something that powerful coming from magnesium, it kind of blew me away, to be honest. Yeah, magnesium is powerful. And just stabilizing your blood sugar will help, right? Because remember that magnesium bank, right? It costs $2 for a deposit. If we are mitigating the foods that are causing us to, you know, put less magnesium in our tank, meaning we're choosing foods that are stabilizing our blood sugar. Because if our blood sugar is swinging less throughout the day, if we're not on a blood sugar roller coaster, that's going to help stabilize our blood sugar and we're going to need less magnesium to help metabolize the, the nutrients that go into the Krebs cycle. And then number two, we're adding in nutrient-dense foods that have more magnesium. So instead of coming to that magnesium bank with $1 in deposits, we can come with 5 and 10 and 20 because we're adding in nutrient-dense, magnesium-rich foods. So a couple of those foods we may talk about here are going to be your leafy greens. Very helpful. Nuts and seeds are going to be very helpful too. Magnesium is going to be great. And then especially if you're eating, I'm sorry, fish, especially fish, mackerel, salmon are going to be great for magnesium as well as calcium, especially if there's some bones in there. If you eat those little small bones, they're you know small enough where you can chew them up. You can get extra calcium and magnesium in there together. Uh, green beans can be very helpful. Avocado is very good. You could do even a little bit of banana. Again, if it's glycemically inappropriate, you'd want to go more with avocado because it's higher in fat and low in sugar. You can also do high-quality dark chocolate is very high in magnesium. So it's postulated that many women in and around PMS time, those cramps they're getting – get helped by magnesium. So a lot of women actually crave dark chocolate around PMS. So if you're reaching for the high-quality 85% cacao and up dark chocolate, that's going to significantly help with those cramps. That's amazing, isn't it? It's sort of you're having these cravings and you don't know specifically why. You're probably just trying to get some magnesium. And obviously chocolate, dark chocolate's delicious. But for me, I've had great success in recommending the citrate form too uh, for some of the hormonal changes that happen, sometimes constipations happening around the cycle too, that and the, the cramping have both been alleviated with the citrate. So it's almost like 
I would recommend everyone having at least a few forms around and you just have to really have these in your toolbox and then depending on what you're trying to treat at that time you can bring in or cycle out on or off different types. Absolutely and then you have other types of magnesium such as our Epsom salt baths. Yep. Epsom salt baths are excellent because you can absorb a lot of magnesium in the actual Epsom salt bath. And the nice thing about it is you increase the surface area because your skin's in the actual Epsom salt bath. So you absorb a lot of that magnesium there as well, which is phenomenal. So with Epsom salt baths, you're getting a lot of magnesium sulfate, if I remember correctly. So that magnesium sulfate gets absorbed into your skin and that can have a very positive effect. That's it. Yeah, the other one's magnesium chloride, which a lot of people have been emailing me asking about the magnesium oils, which have been really, really, really effective and really popular. You have to watch out some of these magnesium oil companies. They're just big pyramid schemes. So you really got to look and see who's promoting. I won't call them out specifically, but there's a lot of people in the health space promoting specific brands that are huge multi-level marketing affiliate based schemes and you're paying you know double or triple or quadruple what you should be paying and you're not even getting what would be you know the highest quality you know so you got to look for the quality and you got to look for who's selling it what company is selling it etc you got, always got to weigh that stuff in don't get wooed just because someone has a, a you know a cool voice or a, a nice attitude to them you got to really look in and make sure that it's legit yeah, I'm a bigger fan of just buying a product that you like because most multi-level things that they kind of coerce you into now having to be the uh, the the buyer and seller of the product. Where if you just like a product, you know, you don't want to have to also be the seller of it too. It's easier just to consume it because you like it. Uh, I like that mindset better. But shifting gears back to the Epsom salt bath, you can do one to two cups of like the Epsom salt, which is basically magnesium sulfate, and you can sit in that bath for about 10 minutes and that'll have some incredibly uh, relaxing effects. Yeah, I do a few Epsom salt baths per week and then when I was in Austin, at least I was floating, you know, going into the float tank where you're not getting just a cup, you're getting a thousand pounds of Epsom salt and about 10 inches of water and you come out feeling incredible. I was doing that about once a month, but I haven't since. So there is a place here, I just haven't made it in there yet. That's great. Like my biggest thing is have like a nice magnesium drink or like a Tulsi tea kind of decaffeinated holy basil adaptogenic herbal tea at night and then if you're really having a stressful day light a couple of scented candles maybe a little bit of lavender oil under your nose and then sit in a nice epsom salt bath for 10 minutes and that will promote significant relaxation yeah so should we talk about ways that people are running out of magnesium i kind of alluded to it the stress obviously the dietary exclusion of things that have magnesium in it. Maybe we could talk about just basically people are burning the candle at both ends and we're kind of burning up magnesium like jet fuel. Exactly. So a couple of things here that will influence your magnesium levels. Number one, like I already mentioned, eating high sugar foods will do it. Eating nutrient poor foods will do it. Uh, being under emotional stress like you mentioned because magnesium has about – 300 plus enzymatic roles in the body according to research right and research tends to be you know under appreciate you know what's happening from a nutritional perspective so it's probably even more and that if we're under more stress we're burning it up and it has that many roles that means we need it it's even more important right because what enzymatic system in your body do you want to short circuit today most people know that 
feeling great means having all all uh, systems working on all four cylinders. So we know that we need about about 500 milligrams of magnesium a day. About 500 milligrams is the upper limit of the RDA. Most people are only getting about 200 milligrams. So if we can choose the right foods like I mentioned, so just getting that little bit of dark chocolate can get you about 300 milligrams right there. You have an avocado and some leafy greens. Now you're, you're cooking on all four cylinders there. And then if we're choosing foods that are glycemically appropriate, not super high in sugar or not overdoing caffeine, now we're going to be able to hold on to a lot more of the magnesium we're taking in. Now let me ask you this because this is a bit of a controversy. Why is calcium so promoted? I mean I could just remember as a kid one of my grandmothers just eating those stupid little – and I can't even remember the brand of it. It was a purple box of chocolates it was calcium chocolates and it's so heavily promoted i mean if we have so much research on magnesium now and we're mostly getting excess of calcium due to all the fortification why in the world is magnesium why is this the the smoking gun or why is this the hidden nutrient and, and calcium so heavily promoted to, to women especially and to people aging for the prevention of osteoporosis it's starting to look like the more and more research there is that magnesium is actually going to be one of the key players as well as vitamin d and vitamin k to prevent bone loss yeah i do think magnesium has more roles in the body uh enzymatically, just according to what the body's going to use. But I mean, we do know the bones are a big storage site of calcium, right? It's the largest. We also know that half your bones are protein. People forget like, okay, so we got to eat protein. And if we have digestive issues, we can see how that can contribute to bone loss because the same mechanism that's involved in breaking down protein is actually involved in ionizing minerals. So you can see when we start to have protein issues, and digestive issues and leaky gut, that's going to create calcium and magnesium and other mineral problems. And then if you look at just the top 10 foods, right, we're using healthalicious, healthaliciousness.com. The top 10 foods for calcium are very similar to the top 10 foods for magnesium. So it's going to be your nuts and seeds, your dark leafy greens, your high quality fish, right? Avocado, dark chocolate, a lot of your greens, like I mentioned, almonds, uh, canned sardines with the bones, especially with the fish. You want to eat the bones because that's where more of the calcium is in the fish. So if you're getting a lot of the high nutrient magnesium foods, you're going to be getting a high nutrient amount of the calcium foods. The next question above and beyond diet is do you have extra stress in your life that will require supplementation, whether it's magnesium and calcium? We always give it in our high-quality multivitamin, but we'll typically give extra magnesium where there's stress. And if you're trying to grow and help support bone health, then we'll add in some extra vitamin K and vitamin D and maybe even some vitamin A as well as the good quality magnesium and calcium foods. Yeah. See, those are the more important pieces. And I don't know if there's not as much money involved or if it's just old science or what it is, but you're never going to hear your mainstream physician or practitioner promoting magnesium so heavily. But this and vitamin D and vitamin K, like in, in protein and good digestion and making sure you don't have parasites, all that, this is the real deal. This is the real way to prevent the age degeneration that really does happen. You know, as we get older, I mean, my grandpa, for example, he, I think he shrunk already like uh, one and a half inches. And it's like, what if I were to give him this information 10 years ago? 
how much of that would I've been able to prevent or maybe even reverse as we start getting these things back in check and not just you know having the doctor try to throw them on calcium supplements every time he goes into the office. Yeah, your body can heal too, right? Vitamin K helps bring calcium um, from into the tissue back into the bone where it belongs, right? Typically, calcium will go out into the tissue as a means of inflammation. We know these like little calcium plaques that can hit in the arterial walls of the vasculature in the heart, for instance. Well, why is that calcium going in there? That's part of the Band-Aid process from inflammation. So if we can reduce the inflammation, we can make sure we have enough vitamin K to keep the calcium where it needs to go. And then if we can use a lot of our nutrients to help reduce inflammation along with the healthy diet and healthy gut microbiota, we're in a much better place. That makes that makes sense. So mainly it sounds like, you know, maybe this is a tangent, but the inflammation piece is really the issue here. And then if you have that addressed, you have your digestion addressed, all that, and you have the the diet, some of these things are going to kind of work themselves out and you're not going to need these these conventional interventions. Exactly. And people can't forget how important antibiotics are too, right? Antibiotics can really, really screw up our gut function and we need to have very good gut function so we can absorb a lot of our nutrients. So that's, I think, something we cannot forget about are the um, antibiotic effects. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I know, for instance, they talk about fluoride um, having negative effects on magnesium as well because magnesium binds to fluoride uh, to form a magnesium fluoride, and that can drain your body of magnesium because if you're constantly taking in fluoride, you have a lot more of these fluoride molecules that your magnesium will be binding to. So the more we're getting in fluoride from our drinking water, which is not very healthy unless it's coming in a natural calcium fluoride uh, source, if it's the hydrofluorosilicic acid that's added to our water supply for the dentin thickness or to help improve the outer structure of the teeth, it's actually shown to be ineffective when it comes to calcium taken internally. It's like trying to protect yourself uh, from the sun by putting suntan lotion in your water. It's much better from a topical perspective, not internally taking it in. Oh, that's a great analogy. It makes it seem really stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, for instance, there's one article right here. I'm reading it from uh, the British Medical Journal. It was a research facility out of New Zealand that showed that women who simply take calcium supplements are at a much higher risk of heart disease. Nothing is said about magnesium. Uh, people will just left up in the air. Some doctors are saying, yeah, don't take calcium anymore. Nobody's talking about magnesium as being the balance point. So I think if anyone's going to err in taking something alone, take magnesium alone. I believe people should be on a high-quality multivitamin. And if you're taking something by itself, um, if you want to get extra calcium, it should always be taken with magnesium just because of these – some of these studies showing these negative results of calcium by itself, but if you were to take one out of the two by itself, make sure it's magnesium by itself, and if you're going to do extra calcium, make sure it's at least in a compendium of magnesium at a one-to-one or a two-to-one ratio. Yep. So here was another study, British Journal of Cancer. This is a new one, December 2015. It looked at 66,000 men and women aged 50 to 76, and it they were basically... They were in this vitamin and lifestyle. They called it a vital study first, and then eventually they were kind of looking at the incidence of pancreatic cancer by magnesium intake categories. Long story short, the people that had 
for example, every 100 milligrams that they went up in magnesium, or no, they actually have it backwards here. So every 100 milligrams less per day of magnesium, you had a 24% increase in the incidence of pancreatic cancer. So I'm going to repeat that just to make sure it's clear. For every 100 milligrams per day of magnesium less that was consumed, your risk went up 24% every 100. Wow. That's a lot. 24%? That is. That's that's big. Yeah. That is really big. So I think maybe I'm going to supplement with some right after this uh, podcast today. Yeah, and I'm going to read one more study here. I think it's important we have a little bit of studies. We want to be more on the clinical side, but we want to kind of back up what we're talking about. But there was one study here looking at the effect of magnesium supplementation on primary insomnia in the elderly. And it was a a double-blind placebo-controlled trial. That means the patients didn't know what they were taking and the doctors administrating the patients didn't know what they were taking. One group had the the, uh, magnesium. The other group typically had a a placebo that was innocuous. And what they found that supplementation of magnesium appears to improve subjective measures of insomnia, including sleep efficiency, sleep time, sleep onset, and early morning awakening. And likewise, insomnia objective measures such as concentration, as well as looking at like serum renin, which looks at kidney function, as well as looking at melatonin levels, uh, and serum cortisol in the elderly, all these things improved while taking um, basically the magnesium supplementation. Did it say what form they were taking there? Let me see if I can extract that here. They just talk about it being magnesium. They did not go into any detail here. Let me see here. They talk about... Uh, they did not go into the exact kind of magnesium. Let me pull up the the full article and I can break that down here. But any comments on that? I think the sleep part is so important because sleep affects your adrenals, your thyroid. It helps your immune system. There's so many benefits that happen with sleep. And we know that with poor sleep, we increase our chance of all-cause mortality and we increase blood sugar issues. We become more insulin resistant the less quality of sleep we get. Yeah, so I want to add a couple other comments back about some research on the magnesium therinate. Uh, One was looking at when you can elevate the brain magnesium levels, so when you can cross that blood-brain barrier, that you're going to change your fear conditioning. They call it fear extinction in the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, sort of the fear center of the brain, that when you get more magnesium in there, you're going to be able to shut down that fight-or-flight response. So if we're talking about people that we're treating with adrenal issues, a lot of times that could be sort of a PTSD-type scenario. So whether it was war or whether it was just other significant stress that contributed to PTSD, we can use this as well to try to basically free up that lock that the brain's stuck in that's keeping them in that chronic stress state. Now, another piece of it here, too, was looking at enhancement of learning and memory by elevating brain magnesium. So if you're looking for, like, cognition, you know, everybody's interested in boosting their brain function, this form of magnesium is something that's very simple, and you don't really have to go into some of the heavy-hitting nootropics that I've written about. You may not have to do that. That may be, like, phase two or phase three. This might be phase one for you to really help with you know, some of your mood issues. And then the last one I wanted to mention was, it was just another study here on the stress effects. So you got kind of an anti-aging, sleep, cognition, relaxation, memory recall, PTSD, anxiety, all of this stuff can be, can be helped here. Got it. Excellent. Oh, by the way, I was uh, checking out that study 
just to kind of give you a whole kind of the full perspective, is that they were only looking at in that study magnesium oxide. Wow. And that yeah. gave that good results even. Yeah, that gave that a significant result. Now, if you break it down, though, there's a couple of things that it looked at in there. I'm trying to get the exact definition here. So magnesium oxide is the most dense form. We already talked about it. And basically only 4% of it is absorbed, right? That's like the elemental magnesium portion of the magnesium oxide. So for instance, if we're taking like a 500 milligram tablet, that's about 12 milligrams. Now in this study, interestingly enough, they did, let me pull it up again here. I got the full study right here. They did magnesium oxide, which was very, very interesting, but about 125 milligrams of that was magnesium, elemental magnesium. Ah, so you're thinking that that's that's the winner. That's why it happened. Yeah. So they, but they gave they administered magnesium oxide twice a day. Each tablet contained 414 milligrams of magnesium oxide, as 250 milligram elemental magnesium. And we know that typical magnesium oxide is about four percent, four percent. Uh, elemental magnesium. So what that means to me is that they had some magnesium oxide that had extra elemental magnesium in it. So these peeps right here in this study were getting, if we do the math here one more time, they were doing two capsules a day. They were getting about 830 milligrams of magnesium oxide and they were getting about half of that was the elemental magnesium, which is far better absorbed. Yep, so that takes us right over where you were talking, about four to 500 milligrams per day that you actually want to get, not four to 500 on the label, four to 500 that's going to actually do something. Exactly, yep, big time. And that's why we like the magnesium, glycate, gly, uh, magnesium glycinate and the magnesium malate because of the better absorption with it. That's awesome. So kind of looking at everything here, a couple of things I want to mention. I already highlighted it earlier, but there's a couple of medications that can actually cause magnesium deficiency. Obviously, any of your diuretics to help reduce blood pressure because they reduce minerals in general, especially sodium because sodium holds on to water, right? Increased water means increased pressure. So diuretics will decrease magnesium. We also have, uh, and again, like these are like Lasix. These are things that we give for high blood pressure. And then we also have things like um, medications such as antibiotics like gentamicin and tobramycin, which are, have an effect of creating magnesium deficiency. Things like prednisone or deltazone, these are corticosteroids, which again, if you have excess inflammation, guess why you'd be taking those? Well, to help reduce the inflammation. Doesn't fix the underlying cause. They also can create more blood sugar issues, which we know causes further magnesium deficiency. And we know they also can weaken the bones, right? So that means we can have an increased need for calcium and magnesium. And then we also know antacids, right? Antacids will cause our body to decrease HCL. And less HCL means less ionization of the minerals, especially magnesium. And we know insulin. Insulin as a drug can reduce magnesium absorption. But we also know we also stimulate insulin, Evan, eating what? Sugar. Yeah, bingo. So like I mentioned before with the blood sugar part, right, we're trying to go over core fundamental things here. Fundamental foundational issues is keeping blood sugar in check and then also having an unhealthy digestive tract, right? Any kind of inflammation in the gut 
whether it's an autoimmune condition, whether it's just a regular gastritis or just a SIBO or a chronic infection, those can all drive um, nutrient malabsorption issues because, again, our gut lining's irritated. When we're irritated, we're less likely to digest and absorb and utilize and assimilate these nutrients. Alcohol is another one, too, that we haven't mentioned. That's sugar, basically, right? So, yeah. 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 So totally agree. Think of your alcoholics and some of the issues that they develop. It makes sense that the magnesium deficiency is part of this. Absolutely. So I think everyone here, one, they should be eating a nutrient-dense, anti-inflammatory, whole food, low-toxin diet. That's number one. Number two is we should be on a high-quality multivitamin. So you can click on the link to visit Evan's site and or mine. We have some really good high-quality multivitamins that we use ourselves personally and with our patients that are chelated to – amino acids like glycinate or malate to help with um, maximum absorption and then taking it supplementally if you're under extra stress, right? Most people in this day and age are going to reach for the glass of wine at night or reach for the benzo like the Xanax or any of those other family of medications. Just reach for a little bit of magnesium instead. That's a much better, more of a constructive vehicle to help with relaxation. Absolutely. Imagine all of the bars just surfing. magnesium tonics instead of uh, vodka or who knows what else. I think about that all the time, about the thousands of people that are trying to relax and de-stress at the end of the work week, but they're doing it in the most damaging and least effective method possible. Totally. So we'll put a lot of our references in the show notes, so make sure you subscribe so you can get the emails for that. Evan, do you want to kind of wrap things up on your end, and I'll do the same after? Yeah, I would say just... This is another thing to have in your toolbox. It's not to say that you need to put all of your eggs in one basket and magnesium is going to be capable of changing your life, but definitely go pick up the book or rent it at your library, The Magnesium Miracle. That book was what really convinced me to really look into this and to Mm -hmm. utilize this more. So I would say that's just another resource for further research. I like it. Yeah, number one, take a look at your diet, right? Make sure the foods are anti-inflammatory, nutrient-dense, and low toxin foods. Make sure they're glycemically appropriate, the right amount of carbohydrate for your specific levels. And then number three, make sure your digestion's working. Make sure you don't have a gut infection. And again, oh, I didn't even touch upon it. Objective testing. What do we like? Well, I like magnesium serum above two for your typical lab core range. And I like a red blood cell magnesium uh, five or above, five or above. So magnesium serum is like what's in the blood. Red blood cell magnesium is what's actually inside. One's intercellular, one's extracellular. Extracellular means what's outside of the cell, right? What's what the blood cells uh, floating in, the serum, and then what's inside the cell. So magnesium serum, uh, two or above, and then red blood cell magnesium, five or above. If you want to be more objective, regarding some lab testing to assess it. So again, if it's your first time dealing with this, reach out to myself or Evan if you need more help or guidance in dealing with these issues. It sounds great. Awesome, Evan. You have a great day. You take care. Bye. Bye. As always, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for the feedback. You all really seem to enjoy these episodes that Justin and I do together. So I appreciate you tuning in and giving us your feedback. If you have any questions, if you have any topics that you would like to be aired on this show you would like Justin and I to cover, please email us, office at not just paleo. You can do that right from your phone, of course, and send myself an email and we'll cover it. We'll put it in the queue of topics that we have lined up for you. As mentioned in the beginning, 
us here at Not Just Paleo, Justin, he's not a dealer, but but I'm a dealer for the Berkey Water System. And so, you know, before I was carting gallons of spring water from the local grocer to my house every week, I do miss the quality of spring water a little bit. I miss the taste of it. However, it still was stored in plastic, so it just wasn't a good solution long term. And every week we're throwing away five, six plastic jugs. It just didn't make sense, you know, for the environmental reasons and other reasons. So we have a Berkey in our house, and I've seriously loved it. So you can actually save some money if you feel like getting a Berkey system. You're sick of doing whatever you're doing with your water quality. And what we've added to our filters is the fluoride and arsenic filters, and that way I can not have to be concerned about the added fluoridation of the water, at least here where they they fluoridate our water. So you could check that out, the pricing information and that package deal back at the website, not just paleo.com. Just check out the store. You'll see it. Also, the magnesium L3 and 8 supplement called Calm Clarity that I was talking about with the patient during this call. You can check that out in the store as well. It's one of my best-selling supplements of all time, and there's the fish oil and all that stuff there too. However, in the meantime, if you'd like to schedule that 15-minute free call with myself, I'd love to chat with you about your health symptoms, your health goals, see if we're a good fit for each other. You can do that back at the website as well. You'll see that free health consult button up in the corner of the page. If you're on mobile, you'll see it in the little menu bar there, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. In the meantime, take good care. Bye-bye. He acts like it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss a girl and I never leaves her. She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible blues. Why I'm in a tire, gotta watch out, girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting. Let me be the one that loves you better.